having the faith like a child, it's really not an easy feat because it requires us to put aside our will. As adults, let's face it, our opinions and our misconceptions, they get in the way of really trusting Christ wholeheartedly like a child does. We have a hard time as adults admitting, I think, that we don't always know what's best for us. We have a hard time humbling ourselves. Hi, and welcome to One Little Candle, a place where genuine believers are encouraged, empowered, and inspired to be the light that God calls us to be by contending for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his people so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. And in case you're thinking that you can't make a difference in your own little corner of the world, yes, you can, because all it takes is one little candle. I'm your host, Rebecca Bershwinger. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello, and how are you today? How does this day find you doing? I'm doing quite well. Um, a little anxious and stressed. My oldest son's wedding is in a few days, and um, a lot of preparation, especially since mom here is making the cake, so <laughs> the wedding cake. So preparing for that, um, a wonderful celebration ahead, though. He's got himself a really wonderful, wonderful girl, and we are excited to welcome her into the family as our new daughter-in-law. So I have a I have a really cool episode. I think it's a cool episode today. I'm having some guests that you're going to meet shortly. And what got me thinking about doing an episode like this was I was um, taking care of my sister and her husband's three girls, which I would do on occasion as they, um, they had some out-of-town trips. He's a pastor of a local church, and so they were away on ministry business for several days and I went out and stayed with the girls and, you know, got them back and forth to school and fed them and whatnot. So, um, one night as I'm putting the girls to bed and we're saying prayers and Addison, the youngest of the three girls was saying her prayer. Addison told me she had a prayer that she wanted to pray. So she prayed about some things. And then in her prayer, she said, dear God, Please make Grampy and Grandma Sandy alive again in November or December. <laughs> we love them and miss them, and we want to see them again. Now, she was referring to my mom and dad. My dad passed away three years ago. My mom, on the other hand, none of the children got to meet. She passed away, unfortunately, at a very young age. So, but anyway, this was this was Addison's prayer, and and so, um, obviously, at the time Addie was five years old, her mind had not yet truly grasped the the permanence of death. But we did talk about my dad and my mom, uh, Grampy and Grandma Sandy, and how they were actually more alive than ever right then, and that they were happy and they were no longer sick, and how they were with Jesus and that led to a conversation about all the difficulties of living here on earth. And, and what we talked about, the fact that we truly never die, that our souls, the real us, they always live even after our bodies stop functioning. And we talked about our real home in heaven and how this earth is not our home. We're only here for a short time until God calls us to our real home in heaven. And that Grampy and Grandma Sandy, 
are not a part of our past, but a part of our future. But, you know, I got thinking as I was driving home after my sister and her husband got back about Addie's prayer. And I got thinking about how Addie just, she said that prayer with such faith and hope and belief in God. And the words childlike faith came into my mind. And and I got to thinking, you know, I really wish that as adults, we had a childlike faith. Like, I just wish we had that kind of faith and hope in God because, yes, we know as adults that, I mean, of course, God has risen people from the dead. He has brought them back to life. But but we know um, chances are pretty good <laughs> that God is, is not going to do that. But I guess I got thinking about the the pure belief and trust that children are known for and that as Christians and as, as adults that we could learn something from them. Now, I know I say childlike faith, and I know the Bible doesn't specifically exhort us to have childlike faith. At least it doesn't in so many words. You know, it doesn't use that phrase, but it does talk a lot about faith. So in Matthew 18, 2, Jesus says that we must become as little children in order to enter the kingdom of God. And the context of Jesus' statement was in response to the, the disciples' question, who then in verse 1, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And so in response, Jesus called the little child to him and he placed a child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So that was actually Matthew 18 verses 2 through 5. Now, we know as believers, right, faith, faith is the essence of life. Um, it's talked about throughout the Bible. It's exhorted throughout the Bible. And it's, it's presented as an absolute necessity. If you think about it, Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The entire chapter of Hebrews in chapter 11 is about faith and those who possess that faith. And as we see in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Faith isn't something that we come up with on our own. It's a gift from God. He gives us the gift of faith, the ability to believe in him through the gift of faith. So anyone who's truly a born again believer has in fact received the gift of faith from God. And not only faith is talked about as a gift, it's also part of the armor of God, right? Ephesians 6.16 talks about it and it says that the shield with which we protect ourselves from the flaming arrows of the evil one is in fact faith. But whether people realize it or not, we all act in faith every day. We get in a car. We have faith that our car is going to start. <laughs> Most of us, I guess it depends on the car you're driving. But but we place trust in the drivers around us to drive safely. Um, when we order food from our restaurant, we have faith that the, the meal has been prepared properly and is safe for us to eat. When we sit in a chair, we have faith that it's going to hold us up. Um we even, I don't know why, put faith in the weather forecast. <laughs> so the Bible has a lot to say about faith. And again, it doesn't specifically use the words childlike faith, but it uses character traits of a child and exhorts us to to have those traits as part of our Christian character. So in, in talking about childlike faith, I want to say here what it doesn't mean. Okay, childlike faith in Christ as an adult 
does not mean that we have to trust blindly, as some might assume. In fact, it's it's quite the opposite. Even kids, to an extent, they, they trust blindly, but they also, if you know kids, you have kids, they ask a lot of questions. They're very, very inquisitive. I've raised four of my own. I've got six grandkids, and I've spent a lot of my life working with children. So um, certainly, childlike faith certainly is not about the avoidance of questions. So being like a child, I guess you could say, in our childlike faith, we would be someone who would ask a lot of questions, being inquisitive, right? Being, having that desire and that hunger and that willingness and humility to learn, to not remain ignorant. And obviously God gave us scripture so that we can learn and grow and mature in reason. And when the Bible talks about being like a child, also it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be educated and have reasons for our beliefs. And, you know, the thing is, having the faith like a child, it's really not an easy feat because it requires us to put aside our will. As adults, let's face it, our opinions and our misconceptions, they get in the way of really trusting Christ wholeheartedly like a child does. We have a hard time as adults admitting, I think, that we don't always know what's best for us. We have a hard time humbling ourselves. And children... Also, they have very little control over their lives. And I'm, I'm talking about children in healthy circumstances here that don't have control over their lives because, they're, well, they're children. They need parents to kind of take control for them for a while. But they embrace the fact that they have to put their trust in other people. They trust what their parents, teachers, or other adults say without having doubts or fear. They just, they do. They, they trust. They have that childlike trust. and But do we always have that in God? Again, do our opinions and our assumptions and perhaps hardness of, of life, all the things that maybe we've seen and experienced hurts and anguish and things like that, do they get in the way of a complete trust in God that comes without doubts or fear? You know, as adults also, we, we tend to be more skeptical than children. Um, I think our childlike faith and wonder are lost in the process of, of growing up. Like I said, we've, we've seen and experienced a lot and sometimes it can harden us and we don't even, we don't even realize it. But children still have that awe about so many things and they notice so many things that in our busyness, we don't, we don't take the time to notice. Having childlike faith, I would have to say also means that we should have confidence in the promises of Christ, right? And faith, even in situations where we just, we can't see, we can't see. And of course, meekness is required, right? Um, I think that's one of the things Jesus was talking about when he exhorted his disciples to seek and possess a childlike faith uh, or a modesty in addition to their faith. That those who willingly, because as Jesus was saying, those who willingly take the lowest position are the greatest in heaven's eyes. And young children, they don't carry around the baggage of ambition, pride, and haughtiness like we adults do. They, they just don't. Characteristically, children are like sponges, willing and open to learn. They're humble. They're teachable. They're not prone to pride or hypocrisy. So I guess you could say that a humble, unpretentious faith could rightly be called a childlike faith, right? Um, Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, he said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these 
Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And the kingdom of God, right? It's a gift. It's a gift from God to be able to enter into his kingdom. His kingdom here that's been brought forth on earth and and his kingdom, the kingdom in heaven. But think about how a child receives a gift, right? Openness, honesty, sometimes too honest. I don't like that. (laughs) But they get excited. They have this unbridled joy. They're authentically happy. They don't hold anything back. And that's the type of happiness, I think, this authenticity that should be a hallmark of our faith as grown-ups as we receive God's gift in Christ. And why don't we, like children, take God at his word? Again, so many other misconceptions and notions and opinions and doubts and fears come into play instead of just taking God at his word and leaving it at that. It's just like a child, if they have a good father, and we have a good father in heaven, obviously, right? He's a good, good father. As children trust their earthly fathers, we should obviously trust our father in heaven, who, by the way, in Matthew seven eleven says, will give good gifts to those who ask him. So in other words, there's just something essential about having a childlike perspective, those characteristics that a child has for anyone who wants to see the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, seeing the kingdom of heaven isn't just about life after death. I'm talking about living and experiencing God's life in this life here and now. And to experience this life, to experience the life of God in this life, it requires humility. It requires openness, authenticity. It requires trust. It requires taking God at his word. It means maintaining the wonderful, beautiful characteristics and the qualities of children that life in this sinful world just tends to just rip out of us. Here are some other childlike qualities and see if you perhaps have any of these. Trust, wonder and awe, playfulness, humor, being willing to learn and grow, tenderness of conscience, openness about emotions and feelings, creativity and imagination, joy, eternal hope, easy forgiveness, undying love, lots of exuberance and energy, and always thinking the best about life and other people. Do you carry any of those traits? How about we try and keep the child in us alive, right? So that was just a little, uh, just some thoughts I had about childlike faith. So I am going to move on to introducing our guests. I am about ready to introduce my three very special guests. I think what I will do is let them introduce themselves. We're going to throw something in. We're going to have them tell us how old they are. So my first guest, what is your name and how old are you? My name is Kaylee, and I am 10 years old. All right, guest number two. My name is Addison, and I'm 8 years old. And finally, guest number three. I am Savannah, and I'm 11 years old. Okay, so as you have probably all figured out, my three guests today are children, <laughs> and very special children at that. Two of them are my nieces, and one of them is my granddaughter. So, given what you just previously heard about Addie's prayer, um, 
it had given me an idea for, as I had said, a podcast episode because I thought about how we as adults so need the hearts of children when it comes to our relationship with our Savior. So I thought we would kind of pick the brains and hearts of these three wonderful young ladies and ask them some questions and see what they have to say. Are you ready, ladies? Yes. Okay. So, starting with this first question, what do you think about when you think of heaven? When I think about heaven, I think about God and holy ground. Ooh, holy ground. Wow. That, honestly, you are right on the mark. That was some fairly personal thing. Addie, you have something? Yeah. Whenever I think of that stuff, I think of God dying on the cross on purpose for our sins. Mm-hmm. That's right, because if he didn't do that, would any of us be going to heaven? No. No, I didn't think so. Kaylee, you have anything on that? When I think of heaven, I think of holiness, angels, and truthfulness and peace to the world. Excellent. Very good. Um, This is an interesting one. If God's love was a color, what color would it be and why? Yellow, because whenever I see the color yellow, I think of happiness and joy. I think of the color yellow because it makes me happy and makes me think about God. And I also blue. Why, why blue? Because it, um, I hear that God... Um, he died on the cross, and his tears were dripping down his face, and that makes me want to think of blueness. Okay. All right. I think of red because um, his blood of Jesus and love. Yeah. How about this one? What is the coolest Bible story you've read or heard recently, and why? Mine is Job because it's just it makes me like inspired how like God chose him to like be a servant or whatever and that's just very cool to me that like God could choose like anyone. Mm-hmm. My favorite Bible story is um the sun stopped shining because it it's the most important one to me because um, he died on the cross on purpose and shed his blood on us, and now we're with him. And what Addie means by that, because we actually were, were talking about this last night, she's talking about um, when Jesus died on that cross right after he, he gave up the spirit, it turned dark. So that's always left an, an impression in, in, in Addison's hearts when she hears that story about the the sky turning dark right after Jesus died. Um, What are some of your favorite things that God created in nature? I would say probably um, the sky and trees and animals and humans because um, the animals, uh, like, they provide food and trees provide air and um, the sky provides, like, stuff. So, like... We could travel 
Because, like, if there's no sky, how would we travel? Car, and that would take a while. Um, <laughs> and the people, because they are very important to him and important to other people. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, I think of the heavens and the earth because he, um, and he just said, make this, and it made it. He didn't even have to, like, get teams and build it, like, with wood and stuff. He just said it. Good point. Good point, Addison. Very good. Um, some of my favorite things are the forest, the animals, and the people around me. Because the forest, like Kaylee said, the forest provides oxygen for humans and animals provide food. But also just when you watch animals like interact with each other, it's just, it's crazy knowing how humans react to each other when they don't know each other <laughs> compared to animals. And forest, it's, it's beauty is amazing. And then humans help people keep their sanity. <laughs> All right, here's one. Um, how do you know that God is near, or when or where do you feel his presence the most? At our church building. Sometimes I would say at my house, because sometimes I feel his presence at my house, but I also feel it at church. In the Bible, it says that he will um, be with us at all times. Whatever we do, he'll be with us even before one second. When you think about Jesus giving his life for your sins, how does that make you feel? Happy and loved and very, very excited. <laughs> it makes me feel very emotional because I am sad that he died, but still he did it on purpose because he wanted to save our sins and stuff. It makes me feel grateful that he would do that for us and then also happy that he would actually do that for us. Right. If you could meet one person from the Bible, who would it be and why? I would probably choose Job because, like I said, his story really inspired me and I would like, like to see him in real life because, well, not, well, not real life, but <laughs> in heaven one day, because I want to hear more about the story that didn't get explained in the Bible. Okay. How about you, Addie? I like to meet Moses because I just think it's a cool story, and yeah. Okay. Who would Savannah like to meet? I would like to meet John the Baptist just to hear how he states stories from the Bible because he states them differently, but in incredible ways. Wow, Savannah. That was a good answer. Not that they're all not good answers, because <laughs> they are, obviously. But <laughs> I'm loving your answers. I just think about it more, because I have more time. <laughs> um, what do you do when you feel nervous or anxious? Um... Sometimes I pray or read the Bible or I just um, lay in my bed. <laughs> Sometimes I talk to God and I um, pray that he'll make me better and make me not anxious or worried and read the Bible. I mainly just lay in my bed thinking about it, 
slightly praying to God or I try and solve it quickly? Here's a deep question. Ready for this one? If you knew today was your last day on earth, what would you want to tell other people? What would you do that day? I would probably go to Los Angeles and um, tell people like my friends and family that I really had a great life and I was happy and it was very happy and all the memories I had that I'll keep forever. I would tell God what will happen if what will happen um, when this would be the last day on earth. I would try and make sure that almost everyone I knew knew that I was a Christian and would try to sing to more people if I had that courage, which I don't know if I do. <laughs> you probably would because knowing it was your last day, you wouldn't have any yeah, other opportunity, right? To bless people with your beautiful voice. That's why I said I don't know. Because it really just depends on how I feel. (laughs) What's the most important thing that you've learned from the Bible? I think it would be um, God walking on water. Because all you have to do is just look at him and keep looking at him and he'd grab your hand like, on water. Okay. The one important thing that I learned from the Bible was that God is there to help anyone and Jesus because he is our savior and he will help whenever anyone needs help. I learned that God can do the impossible even when you don't believe it. If you could ask God one question right now, just one question, what would it be? When will you come down to earth? <laughs> Hmm. Good question. <laughs> I wonder what you look like up up there, and I really wonder, when are you going to come down on earth, and I really want to see you? How are you so grateful for us and died for us? How could you do that? Mm-hmm. Love, right? God's love is so much greater than ours, but that's a good good question, though. God loves you, speaking of love. He loves you each minute of every day. Do you remember that when things are hard? Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's one of the first things that I think of. Gets you through, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. What's your favorite animal that God made? I would say a monkey probably because it's it's like God swinging around to treat a tree. And it's like, like how monkey swings tree to tree. It's like God doing that, but we're the trees and God is the monkey. And God is helping us. I think of giraffes and I have no clue why. <laughs> I have no clue why. I don't know why. I like wolves because um, they have so many different types of breeds to react to each climate it's just amazing how they work and they work in packs and it just humans but animal like and communicating correctly all right when you're scared what can you remember about god to help you trust him i remember that he loves us and he would never give up on us and even if we were to die he has a plan so that 
other people could become Christians. When we die, um, we'll have eternal life with him. Perfect. Do you feel that there are prayers that feel too big or too selfish to pray? Sometimes. Any examples? Like one time I prayed for something very big and and I was thinking like that was too big or whatever. Yes. God's word tells us right when we know God's character, he cares about every little thing. If he has the number of hairs on our head counted, that seems pretty unimportant, right? But yet he has them counted. What does that say? He cares about every single one. Mm-hmm. It says he clothes the lilies of the field, right? Um, he keeps his eye on the sparrow. He knows when one falls from its nest. Um, every little thing. So do you think God's concerned about both big and small things in our lives? Yes. I was going to say no, but now I'm thinking yes. But I have prayed some selfish prayers that I've regretted afterwards. So I think they are important, but sometimes you might just want to be careful with what you pray about. That's very wise advice, Savannah, because I think we're all guilty of praying for things that we shouldn't be praying for or, you know, um, that maybe are not with God's will. Like, oh, can I please have a brand new sports car or a puppy right now or whatever, right? But sometimes God does bless us with those things. But, you know, we always want to be in his will, right? And you know what a great prayer is to to God is to give me desires only for things that you desire for me. That's often my prayer because I tend to desire things maybe that that are really not important. Um, What prayers is God answering in your life right now, speaking of prayer? Lots of things, like some I can't even count. Can you give me one example? I want my own kitty. And you've got two. Oh, does she want one for herself? Yeah. Oh, so she wants a third cat. Okay, I get it. So Because I have a puppy, so she wants a kitten herself. That was one of the prayers that God has been answering. I asked for a puppy for like six years, and now I finally have one. There you go. Who do you think is stronger, God or fill in the blank? What? Who do you think is stronger, God or? God or Satan? God. God or the golden calf? Um, God, definitely. God or the earth? God, definitely, because I love him. God or nothing? God, definitely. Bingo. God or nothing, right? Fill in the blank with nothing for that one because there is nothing stronger than God. That's very true. Yeah, we, knew that. we already knew that. All right. So favorite Bible memory verses. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burned, and I will give you rest. The same one. Okay. Matthew five fourteen and 16. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. If Jesus is the light and because of my relationship with him, I am also the light, then I ought to be shining all the time. Very good. And what a coincidence, Savannah, because at the end of this episode, I was going to say, don't forget to let your light shine. (laughs) Um, 
Yes, we just had to re-record a couple parts because somebody hit their arm on the computer and it stopped recording. Of course, that somebody was me. So <laughs> so we had to backtrack a little bit and see where we left off. But anyway, just a couple more questions here. Um, what is something that you want to thank God for today? Um, doing this podcast. Mm. The heavens and the earth. My siblings. Ooh. Are there any worries or fears that you need to release to God? Yes. Do you want to share what they are or not? What, what, what no? was the question? Do you have any worries or fears that you need to release to God? Sometimes. Yeah? Like what? I don't know. <laughs> okay. How about you, Savannah? I think we all have them. School stress. Mm, school stress. That's that's a good one. And schools are ready to start next week, huh? Okay, go ahead. When you don't know a math question. <laughs> you don't like that, huh? Go ahead. School drama. All right, final question here. What do you want other people to know about yourself? I'm a Christian. That I'm a Christian and that I believe in God no matter what other people tell me. Very good. How about you, Addie? Okay, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Go ahead. My cousins live in Ohio. That tells everyone that. So, all right. Well, thank you girls so much for answering the questions from your heart and being honest and and sharing with us um, your trust and your faith and your belief in God. Obviously, your mom and dad are doing a very good job, right? (laughs) Teaching you and raising you to know and love the Lord. So that is wonderful. And I, of course, grateful for having you guys in my life as well. But thank you for coming on. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, Addison, Kaylee, and Savannah just answered some questions that I just uh, surprised them with. So I think they did a great job. I really do. I was wondering, Savannah, Savannah has a beautiful singing voice. And Savannah, I'm wondering if you could, and I know one song that I love that you sing beautifully, and you don't have to sing every verse, but is Good, Good Father. Right, Because basically, we talked about the the goodness of God, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and we know He is good. Good. (laughs) He is good, for sure. So I'm not going to be putting a YouTube link to a song. As you know, I do um, a song for each episode to tie everything in. My granddaughter, Savannah, is going to be the one to bless you with the the song for this episode. And the song is by Chris Tomlin, but she's going to sing Good, Good Father. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard. The tender whisper of love in the dead of night And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone You're a good, good father It's who you are It's who you are It's who you are And I'm loved by you 
It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, I've seen many searching for answers, far and wide. But I know we're all searching for answers. Only you can provide, 'cause you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. 'Cause you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. To us, you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. To us, oh, it's love so undeniable. I. I can hardly speak. Peace so unexplainable. I I can hardly think as you call me. Deeper still as you call me. Deeper still as you call me. Deeper still into love. Love, love, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. She's very shy about sharing her her gift, but she does have a beautiful voice. Thank you, Savannah, so much for blessing us and blessing my listeners with that beautiful song. So good, good father. He certainly is good. And thank you, guys, so much. Yeah. So okay, that last part of the um. Thank you. Got cut off because a certain person by the name of Rebecca accidentally hit the keyboard and stopped the recording. <laughs> But I had a lot of fun. The girls had a lot of fun, and I hope you had a lot of fun just listening to them. It was definitely 
very interesting to learn some of the things that they had to say and their perspective on things. So be in that one little candle this week in light of this episode and the childlike faith that we talked about. Here's what I'd like you to do to dispel the darkness, to light up your own corner of the world. And that is to accept the charge from Jesus this week to look for and receive the invisible kingdom of God. Make God's kingdom known as you live your life, as you move and you live in this world and you interact with people, even when you're not interacting with people, even when you're alone. Because this world desperately needs it. It needs God. It needs to know about the kingdom of God. And of course, the king who rules his kingdom, right? And that is Jesus. If you have children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews or students or whatever, remember, these kids are inquisitive. They're like sponges. They're ready to soak up stuff a lot more and able to soak up a lot more than I think adults can and do. So take advantage of this Um, very small window of time in their lives and in your life to teach them what it means to be a true follower of Christ. All right. If you like this podcast, if it's helped you, please, by all means, share it with someone, share it with, with friends or with family, because that is my goal to help as many people as God will allow me to. And follow me. Please follow me if you like this podcast as well. Leave a review. Reviews are always helpful. I'd like to know, good or bad, um, what it is that, that I can do, what I'm doing right, and maybe what I need to perhaps do differently. So please, um, your feedback is appreciated. And of course, you can also follow me on social media at One Little Candle. I'm on Facebook as One Little Candle, and I am on Instagram as One Little Candle as well. So check it out. Go on my website, onelittlecandlepodcast.com. You'll find a player to play the podcast episodes if you don't have a listening platform, but I'm also, One Little Candle is also on any of the other uh, podcast listening platforms as well. Or you can hear me at christianpodcastcommunity.org. A lot of great podcasters in the Christian podcast community. So please check them out as well. You'll be glad you did. All right, until next time, you take care and God bless.